This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest of this week. My guest is somebody who I know personally and think the world of. Her name is Dr. Louise Finlayson. So who is Louise? Well, what I can tell you about Louise is that in her 30-plus year career as a psychotherapist and transformational coach, Dr. Louise Finlayson has inspired and guided thousands of clients to living happier, healthier, and more fulfilling lives. Her life mission is to elevate consciousness on the planet. She earned a doctorate in clinical psychology from Michigan State University and completed a three-year fellowship in clinical psychology at Harvard Medical School. Early in her career, Louise realized that her psychological training was only useful to a certain point. While helping her clients move out of immediate pain, her knowledge and skill set stopped short of helping them thrive. At the same time, Louise was feeling stuck in an unhappy marriage. After many rounds of individual and couples therapy, she felt disillusioned with the limits of traditional psychotherapy. That is when Louise embarked on a lifelong journey of healing, personal growth, and spiritual traditions, especially Eastern philosophies such as Buddhism. Over the years, she has attended numerous personal growth workshops, meditation retreats, spiritual retreats, and received training as a transformational coach. As she integrated her newfound knowledge, practices, and skills into her work with clients, she discovered that they were healing faster and living lives beyond what they ever thought possible. Louise guides her clients through a paradigm shift. Quote, when we open to the expansive awareness of non-duality in the spiritual realm, we are able to access infinite possibilities. The key to spiritual transformation is freeing ourselves from the limitations and illusions of dualistic thinking. Louise's teachings are very practical and down-to-earth. She has a way of translating abstract, esoteric spiritual principles into usable and actionable steps that provide a clear framework for her clients' ongoing growth and spiritual development. In addition to Louise's transformational coaching and psychotherapy practice, Louise leads retreats and workshops 
nationally and internationally. Her Art of Living Consciously Retreat is an immersive transformational retreat for those truly committed to growth. She is also an inspirational speaker and a published author. Wow, what a repertoire. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my friend. How are you, Louise? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be with you this morning. Well, I'm super excited to be with you, too, and I'm so glad that we reconnected because when we were on the phone preparing for this quite some time ago, we had to really think about when it was that we connected in California, and I'd have to say that was probably, what, four or five years ago now? At least, yeah, because because they're (laughs) old enough for me to remember that they were very small at the time. Absolutely. Well, and what I would Mm -hmm. like to share with the listening audience on a personal note, too, just outside of the awesome accolades and everything that I've read here and shared with the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers is, you know, without going into all the details of where it was that we actually met, uh, it was a mastermind. Um, and it was a certification program, and there were quite a few veteran instructors, facilitators there, and I have to say, you and I connected instantly. I really felt a kinship Mm -hmm. to you, Uh, and I know that you resonated with many of the people that were in the room uh, outside of just myself, so you definitely have that vibe tribe, Uh, and I just want to say I'm so glad that we've reconnected and crossed paths again, because I think for everything that you continue to do to pay it forward and to be of service, Louise, I think you're just doing phenomenal phenomenal things. And I can't say thank you enough on behalf of everybody for your contributions to humanity. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. I I enjoy it. And I can't imagine my life without it. Wonderful. So why don't we talk about the inception of your journey? You know, I like to go back into the Mm -hmm. backstory. It's not just about somebody's perhaps uh, specific calling or purpose and being able to outline that with the level of clarity that's required to get to a point to amass where you now are on the trajectory of your journey. But what was going on for you in the background? Because anything to do with social sciences, social work, psychotherapy, anything to do with mindset, generally there's something that's transpired in someone's um, humble beginnings that makes them go, okay, I know I'm not the only one. I know this is what I'm meant to do. So is there a little bit that you can share with us to enlighten us as to what drew you to this uh, kind of vocation? Louise? Yes, yes. I um. I grew up in a pretty rough and tumble world, and uh, I just never really felt like I fit in. I mm-hmm. didn't. I couldn't understand why people didn't see things the way I see things. And so I um, ended up um, really just feeling like I was like somehow not okay. Mm-hmm. And as I grew up, people would say gee, I talk to you and I feel like I get clarity. And and I would think, well, that's funny because as I go through my daily life, I don't feel like people are appreciating me that way. And mm-hmm. so over, over the years, I just sort of wandered around for a long time. And at one point, I just said, you know what? I'm going to um, really sort of buckle down and figure out what I really want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And... So I, I sort of went through like a very um, sort of linear process, oddly enough, to figure it out and just said, okay, well, what do I really want in a career? And I went through and I wanted to contribute and I wanted it to be interesting and I wanted to be able to support my family. And there were a whole number of things on that. And I went, oh, okay, psychologist. And um, 
so that was a journey to to um, go through and get my PhD mm-hmm. and to um, then do a fellowship. And um, actually was invited to join the faculty at Harvard Medical School. But wow. I was not... I was not ready for that. Um, uh, I think that I was still on my journey in a way that that wouldn't have served me. Mm -hmm. Well, good for you, because a lot of people would have been caught up in in the initial enamorment of, oh, wow, what an honor, what a privilege, because, of course, we know Harvard represents elitist status. We know that it stands Mm -hmm. out among many of the academia institutions. Um, So, you know, when we look at ego, Ego would normally say for most people, oh, yeah, I'm all over that. So mm-hmm. I just want to say in terms of remaining integral to you and trusting your intuition and knowing that that was not aligned with where you were at that current time in your journey, I just want to say, again, good on you. That really reaffirms, not that there was ever doubt in it, in my mind personally, because I have a connection to you personally, mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of your authenticity and your congruency, you really truly do walk your talk, Louise, and, and obviously you were tapped in way back then. So good on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so, I, I haven't I haven't looked back because I can't imagine like raising my son while doing that. It would have been not conceivable to me. Right. Well, and you can't get that time back, right? Right, exactly. Right. I yeah. mean, you can always yeah. reembark upon your career. You can always reinvent yourself. You can always yeah. pick up where you left off, but you can't get those precious years back. So, again, I respect that, mother to mother. Um, yeah. So if we look at some of what I cited in the bio in terms of, you know, you questioning things or feeling that things were a little bit askew in the traditional sense of psychotherapy, what do you think was by principle or concept based, what do you think was missing or what do you think really detracted from the full experience of what people should be getting when they're seeking services from someone like yourself, Louise, who can offer the plethora of resources in which you do? I think the spiritual aspect is huge. And yes. in you know, psychological training, there's just no mention of it. And it's very much um, allegedly scientifically based. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would dispute that psychotherapy um, is uh, scientifically based. In my view, it's an art. Mm-hmm. And um, there's skills, of course, to it. And there's knowledge, you know, that's necessary. But then there's the other part that is the intangible part. Mm-hmm. And and to me, um, the being like not understanding this, I didn't have like the framework of understanding what I experienced through my whole life and I didn't have words for it. And so mm-hmm. as I started to learn more, I realized this is really what I've been missing. And that is the spiritual like framework that then once I had that, and I was able to, like, understand it in a way that was very practical. And and that's how I was able then to translate that into my work with my clients. Mm-hmm. So my clients will say, oh, I've been to, I can't tell you how many, um, you know, spiritual workshops, or I've been to this many therapists. And they say, you know, I just feel like you just give me a framework and help me work with that. And it's very practical. Beautiful. And so there's, so there's that, like being able to implement it, we can understand spiritual principles, you know, all night mm-hmm. and day, but if we can't implement them, they're not very useful. 
So why do you think, Louise, you know, in terms of your insights and your experience, why do you think traditional psychotherapy discounts the spirituality component? You know, do you think it's something that will catch up knowing that we're in this state of awareness? There's been this paradigm shift. People understand the mind-body-spirit connection, knowing that it's all interconnected. Do you think it's just a matter of time knowing all the changes that continue to happen in different um, sectors of industry and academia, that this is something that can't be discounted on an ongoing basis? Do you believe that this is going to catch up in real time? I hope so, but I'm, I'm a little pessimistic about that because they are so aligned with the medical model. Mm-hmm. And um, this um, concept of operating within the field of science and medicine ends up really, as we know, much of modern-day medicine is cut off from the spiritual as well. Yes. And so I feel like that's, you know, the that's the place that things get stuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very, very, like, either or. We're either scientific or we're woo-woo over there. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> And we don't do that woo-woo stuff, right? Because no. then everyone, no one would take us seriously. Right, so. right. Okay. So, you know, in terms of focusing on the spiritual element aspect and knowing that's a big component of what you offer and knowing the difference between the feedback you're continuously receiving from the clients that you interface with and the retreats and all of that, and we will delve a little mm-hmm. bit later into the show on the retreat factor, mm-hmm. Um You know, what are some of the things that you can impart, share here with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers, some of what your clients are deriving benefit from that was perhaps missing? Or, you know, it's a case of we don't know what we don't know, and therefore you stepped in and you helped navigate the path alongside them. So what would some of your tangible, intangible uh, references, um, tools in the toolbox, uh, rituals, mantras, proclama- proclamations, what kinds of things would you willingly wish to share here for the listing audience that they, they too can incorporate into their journey? Well, the first is understanding some spiritual principles. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the spiritual principles that's huge is non-duality. Mm-hmm. And Understanding that we live in the physical plane and we will navigate in the physical plane, but that there's more to our lives than the physical. Yes. And learning to understand that non-duality um, is helpful. Say I, I've treated many, many people with um, post-traumatic stress and they are and many, I mean, I'm not just talking about them. Most of us in our in our lives are stuck in the victim-perpetrator um, dichotomy. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, there's a victim or there's a perpetrator. And being able to move out of the either or the um, and move into the non-duality aspect of things, that's the path to healing. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so, you know, you're outside of all the different hats that you wear and all the level of expertise and insights that would be advantageous for you to have in your own toolbox, uh, Louise, you know, you're Mm -hmm. also a human being. And there's a lot of things that we know on a daily basis are out of our control. And even though we try our best to be uh, aligned with all the core principles that make us good human beings, that make us humanitarians, that make us mindful of the collective, you know, 
there are going to be things, whether we're looking at the political realm, whether we're looking at the, the injustices that we're uh, still perpetrating upon our environment, climate-wise, just, you know, one-on-one -on -one interactions, whatever the case may be, you know, how do you recalibrate your thinking? How do you get yourself back on track and being in the operating at your highest vibrational level when you know that there's certain aspects of life in the physical realm that are out of your personal control? I love that question. Um, this is an ongoing practice and mm -hmm. for everyone. And a lot of times people um, who come to my retreats or that um, I've seen in coaching or psychotherapy, you know, want to like be in this 100% like, okay, now I'm enlightened. And I'm thinking, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we are human beings, right? <laughs> we live on this earth and we are not going to ever be 100% enlightened unless I'm like misinformed. Um, and so what we're really looking at is shifting the needle um, to being more often um, aware and mindful and uh, present. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest practices for me is acceptance. Mm -hmm. And whenever I notice that I'm resisting and resistance, you usually can tell that you're resisting when you're like clenching up, tightening up, uh, constricting in some way um, that um, it's time to open. It's time to accept. Doesn't yes. mean like it. It means accept reality exactly the way it is. Mm -hmm. And that's a tall order for us. <laughs> we don't like that. We like to be in control and we like to think that somehow if we resist, we can change something. Very true. And, and resisting doesn't get us to changing things. It actually just wastes our energy. Absolutely. Well, let's so talk about... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, let's talk about the energy because, you know, energy is absolutely everything. And I think although there's a certain aspect um, to life that we do not have control over, you know, when people mm -hmm. talk about the mindset or people talk about thought processes or really honing that mindset muscle, I always go before the mind. And yes, the mind is important, but the mind only interprets what you're feeling. And feeling is the energy that you vibrationally put out there into the universe. And if we believe in the law of attraction and we believe in vibe attracts tribe and, you know, mm -hmm. what you set, what you set your intentions on grows stronger. Therefore, it shows mm -hmm. up rapidly in succession, you know. Let's talk a little bit about how people can get themselves in that good feeling space, therefore, to make that aligned and congruent with the thought processes, which is the mindset, which then is what ultimately produces tangible results and results don't lie. I think the, the um, big key for me is um, moving from the sense of captivity to freedom and mm -hmm. seeing that once we take ownership for our lives and that we are really in um, a universe of abundance. And that mm -hmm. doesn't always mean that uh, there's a material thing that's abundant in that moment, but it's mm -hmm. more of a, a larger concept of that we are in abundance um, every moment. There's so much that we, we um, would be ideally grateful for. Unfortunately, sometimes we're not. Mm -hmm. And so this really coming to understand that the higher... Um, connection and everything is love yes and we don't see it that way on the physical plane <laughs> we tend to see that as like oh well 
this isn't what I want or like in the moment, then it's not love. Mm-hmm. So moving to that really understanding that we are not captive, we do have choices, and we do not want to be in, um, in the position of saying, oh, okay, well, if I accept, that means, okay, there's a lot of pollution going on. I just accept it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yes, I accept that that's the truth, and that's important for me to understand that that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And once I accept it, only when I accept it can I begin to work on solutions. Yes. As long as I'm resisting, I'm not working on solutions. I'm I'm trying to put my head in the sand or keep it uh, far away from me. Absolutely. And we talk about that quite extensively on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, that it's a choice whether you choose to immerse yourself in the realm of being solution focused or con- mm-hmm. uh, conversely problem saturated and so if you're apathetic or you're in denial or you don't believe that there's anything that's within your realm of contribution that you too can get behind what part of the solution is uh this is the domino effect right and it is an individual accountability it starts with individual accountability in order to see the collective macro level results we all say we want to see well that that means effort and it means it can't fall on the shoulders of just the scientists or the experts or uh uh, the environmentalists, like this is something we all have to rally behind, especially if we're saying that we're concerned and cognizant, mindful of what's in the best interest of upcoming generations, whether we have children, grandchildren or not. But there's going to be children inheriting this. Yes, absolutely. So that um, place where I've seen too many people get caught up in, in the spiritual like uh, development world, is that acceptance then might mean passivity. Mm. And that's not at all what um, I'm proposing. No, no, not at all. And the thing is, you made a couple of good points there, too, that I think are are worth um, extrapolating upon a little bit uh, to hit home with the listening audience. So, yes, in the physical realm, which we live in, humans, including myself, as Mm -hmm. I speak and admit to this, we're very stubborn. We are very Mm -hmm. evidence-based. People are very much of the mindset, you know, If I see some tangible, constructive proof, then I will get behind it. Then I will make the paradigm shift. Then I will start doing all the things that put me in alignment with what it is that I say I want, whether it be for your own personal trajectory of where you want to go in life or being part of the human consciousness at that level. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and it's not my, you know, I've never coined this, but I I reference this quite often. It's, you know, you have to believe it to see it. And so when it comes to religion, for example, because that's something that people can wrap their head around, you know, if we if we talk about whatever it is that people uh, interpret to mean as or represent or be indicative of a God, call it spirit, call it source, call it Buddha, call it God, call it whatever, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's not necessarily something that we can tangibly physically see, but it's something that we get behind, just like the notion of love. You know, mm-hmm. you can't yeah. see love, but you can see demonstrations of love. You you know when it's being depicted. You know when it's being, uh, you know, paid forward and, and, and you know, the ripple effect. So mm-hmm. I don't know why when it comes to any other aspect of abstract thinking, people put on the brakes and go, okay, that's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, to some extent we are lazy. Yes, we and, are. And um, so the, um, it takes a certain kind of, uh, willingness 
to roll up our sleeves and do the personal work first. And yes. I mean, not just first, I mean, it's not like we can't do both, but that that personal work is going to be the foundation mm-hmm. for any kind of transformational work out in the world. And uh, definitely personal work is work. It's yes. not just, uh, uh, you know, like oming our way to to some kind of different kind of state. Yes, I love meditation. I'm not trying to put it down. But it requires more than just um, one strategy for us mm-hmm. to move into a spiritual realm and understanding and really getting it in our bones, mm-hmm. not just like a concept here or there. Absolutely. One, one of the ways I do that is through what I call uh, conscious language. Many of us uh, hear it very frequently, even with uh, transformational leaders and people, thought leaders of um, captivity language is what I call it. Um, I have to go to the grocery store. I can't do this because, um, you know, I, I'm busy. Whatever mm-hmm. the thing is, we will say, I, we will see ourselves as captive and communicate that over and over again. And we don't even realize we're saying those things. Well, so it takes, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. It's, so it takes a lot of practice and um, awareness to start seeing where am I not taking ownership in my life? Wow. How am I saying that this is out there somehow, that somebody else is controlling me, that I'm not free? And, and so the language is a great entryway to that notion of captivity and, um, and uh, moving toward freedom. Absolutely. The, well, I love, other, I, love, I love that you make reference to captivity language because we do often talk about the importance and the profoundness in terms of the results, what they're going to show up, if it's going to be more of the same and that being counterintuitive or the mm-hmm. things that you truly want to see showing up and that being intuitive. It's verbiage. I mean, how we dialogue yes. with ourselves really sets the stage mm-hmm. and the trajectory for where we're going. Uh, and yes. knowing that we're with ourselves 24-7, it doesn't matter how great your infrastructure of support may be, you're still within yourself 24-7, mm-hmm. which means you've got to feed yourself and nurture yourself and water yourself all the things that are going to perpetually thrive and grow and be of service to you, right? Yes, absolutely. And we give short shrift to that most of the time. So the importance of returning the the term self-love is often considered a dirty word in our culture yeah. or a phrase. And um, I think that that's the highest level of aspiration because if we can come to self-love, then we can more truly, purely love all around us. And so the, the higher level of our self-love, which means self-acceptance and uh, non-judgment and um, ownership, all of that mm-hmm. coming into play, then we get to have a um, greater appreciation of how to do that with other people. Bingo. Bingo. And so based on the world that you're immersed in and, and being very connected spiritually and energy and, and frequency and vibration and all mm-hmm. of those yummy things, which I truly am too, which is why we're akin to one another, mm-hmm. um, is it your observation, is it your belief, Louise, 
that we are shifting more in towards a, more of a collective awakened state? Or do you still believe that there's the dichotomy where it's very polar, it's very polarized and it's still very contrasted where you've got those who are awakening, who are consciously awake, are choosing to become more consciously awake and leveling up in the ways that that is um, possible? Or do you still see that there's a good portion of our, our humanity that's very much asleep at the switch? Um, I see a good portion of people asleep at switch. Yeah. And um, that's why I think we're in the kind of uh, pickle we are in terms of um, the environment and our um, future on this planet. So the more that we can wake up and um, help people wake up, the more that we can help in understanding that denying and being... um, like you said, asleep at the wheel is not going to get us where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we blame or when we say, well, it's, you know, this party's or that party's fault, we're way off base. This has nothing mm-hmm. to do with party. This has everything to do with us. Absolutely. So let me ask you this then, Louise, mm-hmm. based on that being your answer, your observation, um, do you, is it your belief, your inherent fundamental belief, then, that those who are still actively asleep at the the switch, do you mm-hmm. think that that comes from the laziness that you've spoken about, uh, or do you think it's people are cognizant, but they're still apathetic? They choose not to roll up their sleeves, they not to see their contributions as being viable and very much required. Um, being a fellow human on this planet and, you know, we've got, we've all got work and responsibilities in which to own up and and take ownership for. So -hmm. do you think it's, it's people are in denial or do you think it's just people are lazy? Well, I think a good portion of it is our cultural message, you know, buy the easy chair, um, press the easy button, uh, do make everything in your life easy Mm. and growth doesn't happen with easy. Mm -hmm. So we can spend every night in front of the television and be eating our popcorn in our easy chair, feel absolutely comfortable. And there is not going to be growth in that situation. Growth and comfort are not necessarily companions. No. And, and yet we, we um, uh, strive for this material comfort and we are fed messages through the media um, about comfort, 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 buy this and your life will be easier, do this and everything will be easier. And so I think that the um, commercialization of our culture has helped contribute to the idea of, okay, just do the easy thing and we'll make it easy for you. And then, um, you you know, your life is about pleasure and the pleasure principle, which of Mm -hmm. course people aren't really ultimately feeling pleasure they you know go through days and days and days and don't even like know what they've done they're more like numb and Mm -hmm. so so I think that it's um hard for a lot of people to get past the the constant barrage of message about materialism is the path to happiness materialism Mm -hmm. is the path to um, everything you've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's still a pretty um, tight grip on um, a lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people's um, psyches about that. Absolutely. 
Well, I mean, it's it's about consumption and greed, right? Keeping up with the Joneses. So, I mean, you know, and there's a lot of brainwash and there's a lot of uh, very subtle marketing and and nuance that goes on to perpetuate that and keep the ego active for people as a barometer of where do I fit into society? Am I failing? Mm -hmm. Am I measuring up? Am I superseding my own Mm -hmm. expectations? You know, but mm-hmm. it's paying attention and being focused and fixated on the wrong, wrong things. Um, exactly. Absolutely. So I would be remiss, uh, Louise, uh, you know, being cognizant of time because these interviews always go far too quickly for my liking. <laughs> um, but, you know, where what's coming up with the retreats? Let's talk a little bit about the retreats. Um, if How could people reach out to you either for an initial consultation to become a potential client or to participate in your retreats? How often they're going? Where's the next one scheduled, et cetera, et cetera? Well, my um, next retreat is going to be on beautiful Lake George in upstate New York. Beautiful. At a, at a historic um, retreat center uh, called Weawaka. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be July 18th through the 21st. That's four days. And it's a deep immersion. Um, very um, profound changes have come. And many of my participants um, come over and over again because they find such a huge shift goes on for them when they they come to retreat and so um that's my next one and and they can find information about that on my website mm-hmm. which is the the art of of living com, and there's an events page on there um, and they can also there, that's where they can contact me. They can read my blogs on there. Um, lots of different stuff on my website there. And um, the other place is um, the the Art of Living Consciously um, Facebook group, which is a closed Facebook group. If people just um, uh, contact me and say they want to join, then I'll let them in as long as they say they, they heard it you know, from here or someplace, you know, they heard me speak. Mm -hmm. And I give, I give a lot of content there. Um, I do um, Facebook lives and I do a fair amount of just um, offering content for people to just use. And so um, that's been a fun group. And it's mostly so far been so many people I've met through all of my trainings that I have friends all around the world who are um, thought leaders and conscious um, people. And Mm -hmm. so it's so fun when I am on that Facebook group because it's such a high level of membership. Beautiful. So I I love that. Fantastic. I have another shorter retreat um, up at the same uh, retreat center called uh, Women's Empowerment Retreat. Mm-hmm. And that's August 7th through the 8th. And obviously that's a women's only um, retreat. Right. And um, really a fun way. I, I do empowerment from more the internal aspects from, than from the external a- aspects. You know, so much of the um, empowerment workshops are often about getting a mentor or, you know, positioning yourself. And this is none of that. This is all about the internal empowerment and um, past um, attendees have just really found it very, very useful and has really helped them in their relationships and their careers. So I love that. Fantastic. 
The so, one thing I love most mm-hmm. about my retreats is that people who have been coming to them, I see the tangible outcomes um, people have um, found their soulmates. We've never, ever worked on soulmates. <laughs> wow. They found their soulmates. Um, people have gone off to live their lives in Hawaii or California. They've just like decided they're going to move and um, create a new um, life and are thriving in different places. So it's a, a big launching pad for um, living the life that you really want. Love it. Well, good on you. I mean, kudos to you. Obviously, you know your stuff inside and out, and it's uh, resonating with people. I mean, as you already cited in your answering of this question, you know, people are coming back repeatedly. It's not an isolated membership sign up, and then they you, you never hear from them again. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's shifted enough, but because we know that personal growth and personal development and the evolution of self, it's an ongoing process until we take our last breath and then whatever you believe going into the next life. Um, so, I mean, those are the testimonials. You know, those are the results that I'm talking about. This is why people like you, Louise, are on the show. I'm very selective because there's a lot of people you know, we do various things where it's seemingly um, oversubscribed or it's an oversaturated industry. Uh, A lot of people are professing to be radio show hosts, podcast hosts, you know, and what it is you do in the realm Mm -hmm. of what you do. Um, But that's what I'm always interested in. Okay, what is the takeaway? What is the breakthrough? What is the longevity uh, of shifting that has occurred for the people who Um, have been led by you, who have been navigated by you, who have been taught by you, who have been inspired and uplifted by you. Um, So that's, you know, the proof is in the pudding. So congratulations to you once again. And and I'm really happy to hear of all these lovely stories and what's manifested for the people who have become your clients and who have attended your retreats and and living truly a yummy life by the sounds of it. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so another question that I have just quickly here, Louise, is, mm-hmm. you know, some people who are relatively new to the whole aspect or the embracement of spirituality, they might go, okay, you know, Louise is a doctor. These people who attend uh, Louise's retreats, they might be so-called veterans, if you will, in terms of breaking down the hierarchy. Um, if people are fairly what they would they would deem themselves or characterize themselves to be novices within the realm of spirituality, but they know they're on the right path and they want and need more of this in their lives, you know, can you maybe talk to some of the listening audience here to allay some of those fears and with them thinking, oh, you know, they're kind of out of my league or, you know, I don't want to be looked upon as the one who's holding them back because they're so far more advanced in their spirituality. Let's talk about that for a moment. Well, um, I, I first teach from a non-guru place, first of all. A Thank lot of you. people say, oh, Thank you, you. <laughs> you're a guru, or, you know, you're like a prophet. And I'm, no, 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 no. I am like, I put my pants on one leg at a time, and I'm like, I'm on the path as, as you are. And yeah. everybody who comes to my retreats are like, even if they've been to five retreats of mine, they come in with humility because they have... The, the concepts of uh, living consciously yeah. under their belts. So they are not lording anything over anyone. And in fact, you will see them being some of the most vulnerable and open. Beautiful. So com- coming, um, if you're um, wanting to grow, my, my advice is come with an open heart, mm-hmm. come with um, a beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. 
and come knowing that in the retreat, an environment of safety and um, support like you've never maybe even felt in your life will uh, gets created every single Mm -hmm. time. And so it's not me creating it. It's the group creating that. Love it. And uh, so I love watching people who were strangers like three hours ago, suddenly like opening up and seeing that the more open they get, the more that they receive. Love that. And, um, very, very um, fun and profound shifts go on. And the thing that one of my, one of the participants said, I have never laughed so much and had so much fun while I was growing. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. And so, you know what? That's, so, that's an important point that you make because a lot of people abstain from this path because they know that doing the work and absolving themselves of the things that tend to keep them immobilized and stuck, that's oftentimes associated with trauma or things that are, are still embedded in their psyche. Mm -hmm. And so people are really reticent to embark upon this journey because they don't want to reopen Pandora's box and they're scared to re-identify with the pain, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's one one of the reasons I I love that we have such humor. I try to lead with humor. Not all, you know, there's certain times we're very serious and Mm-hmm. And um, really working on deep stuff, and there's a respectful atmosphere for that. And then there's playtime. We do a lot of play to help integrate the learning. And I find that that's essential for the balance. We obviously also do the meditative arts. Um, we do mindfulness exercises and meditations and deep yoga, yoga nidra for integration. So it's a pretty all-around kind of retreat. It's not just sit there and do deep, heavy work all day long. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that it's diversified and inclusive of play because adults often, as you would know in your experience of working with adults, people forget how to play. People forget how to yeah. have laugh and be spontaneous and be impromptu. And, you know, I mean, we're so as adults, we're, you know, especially when we're high wired as, as you know, in some case, a type personalities or people who are overachievers or, you know, people who have a lot of standards and expectations of themselves for daily output. Um, you know, we can get so caught up in the minutia of detail oriented, specific type stuff and everything being structured that mm-hmm. we lose that essence of I, what I talk about in all my books about going back to the childlike spirit, because that's where mm-hmm. we are most wondrous, our most curious, our most exploratory, our most trusting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we take those most risks. Alive. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I love not only uh, for how diversified your retreats are, but that key component that you mentioned and cited that people tend to gloss over when it comes to anything to do with adults is the play factor. That is so key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I enjoy my retreats. I mean, they're a lot of work for me um, because I'm holding a group for four days. Yes. But I laugh and I enjoy and it's, it's, a kind of environment that um, gets created amongst us all that is quite, quite lovely in this age of, you know, lack of connection in the separate in our separateness. Mm-hmm. That level of connection, people just long for that, and and then it it, it can move forward in terms of after my retreats, I have what I call the art of conscious living community. 
And so anybody who's been through a retreat is automatically just part of that community. And we have our own events just for that community. And um, so uh, that's ongoing learning, ongoing support, ongoing connection. Fantastic. Well, I'd like to give you the opportunity once again for the listeners, for anybody new who's just chimed in. How can people reconnect with you, connect with you, Louise, and find out whether they're a good synergistic fit in terms of becoming one of your prospective clients or and or attending one of your upcoming retreats, which is when again and where? It's um, the Art of, Con- of Living Consciously retreat, July 18th through the 21st. Mm-hmm. And it is at Weawaka, which is a retreat center on Lake George. And they can find uh, the information about it on my website, which is theartoflivingconsciously.com. And also on that website are my blogs and my um, um, all sorts of different information about how people can work with me, group coaching, different things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I also have um, the Art of Living Consciously, um, which is a Facebook group, which is uh, a closed group. So not just anybody can join it. So if people want to join it, they just say that they've heard us here. Mm-hmm. And um, then I'll know that they they are actually interested in conscious living. And so I will accept you into the group. And that is a group where there's lots of content. Again, they're sharing, and that's an international group. So that's from people from around the globe and people who are interested in consciousness work. Wow, fantastic, Louise. And very quickly, what, you know, clearly you are somebody who embodies what it means to live fearlessly. You are living fearlessly. But how would you succinctly break that down? Uh, for the listening audience in terms of imparting any suggestions or uh, ways in which metaphors, a lot of people use analogies to illustrate what living fearlessly is and, and, and what you would hope is the main takeaway breakthrough of this interview here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald for the listening audience. Well, I think that fear has to do with stepping out of alignment with the spiritual and with love. Mm-hmm. And so once we realize that, yes, we can control a small amount, but for the larger part, we're not in charge of the show. Right. (laughs) And so once we can ride on that, then we are free to allow ourselves to trust and to um, connect with the source and to understand that the more that we are connected and tuned in energetically, the, the more that we are guided. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I just want to say for the gift of your time and for everything that you have imparted and shared with all of us here, including myself, because I'm forever taking notes and I'm a student of life. I'm sponging things up. I too, like you, Louise, I don't pretend to be a guru or an expert on anything. I'm just doing what I know I'm meant to do. And my mm-hmm. purpose, of course, is to uplift people to fear less and to live more, which is what puts you and I synergistically on the right path of being in the right spiritual realm. So I just want to say for everything you continue to do for enhancing and enriching the experience of the collective at the conscious level. Um, thank you so much. I mean, you've definitely had an impact on my life, which again, started when we first introduced ourselves and met each other. You were my facilitator, one of the veteran facilitators five, five, six, I don't even know how many years ago in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the ways in which you continually grow and expand and take everybody along with you for the ride, I just want to say thank you, Louise. 
I really appreciate oh, you. You're welcome. And thank you, Lisa, for all that you do. I just love your work. Oh, really, thank you. Really, I love the spirit that you bring to it. Well, thank you. And and I think as you cited it in one of the comments on something I had posted a while back, kind of like, I don't know if you refer to it as my cheekiness or my... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that irreverence is, is fun. You know, I, right. I think that's fun. You have to have to keep it light, you know? Absolutely. Uh, smiling, Absolutely. laughing, all of that is part of it. Well, you can't be a, a fifth dimensional thinker if you're acting like a one dimensional person, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> and you are anything but one dimensional. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, I echo your sentiments right back at you. So, Louise, I just want to say thank you once again to the listening audience. I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know how busy and off the hook your lives are, too. So I take nothing for granted. I take nothing lightly in terms of your listenership, your ongoing feedback. Uh, people who are connecting with us here on the podcast as well, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm very clear on what my purpose is, which is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. I look forward to being back with you here again next Friday with yet another phenomenal guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. In the meantime, wishing you a phenomenal weekend. Be safe, love and gratitude. Take care. All my best, Louise. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero. Be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.